Hello, I'm Jen Taylor, host of the Design Your Wedding Business Podcast. I am letting you know that I have created a great quiz that will help you figure out which of the eight CEOs you need to be working on and the tasks that would benefit you the most. I hope you hop down to the show notes, click the link and take the quiz. I promise it's a quick two minute quiz. And I can't wait to see what your feedback is. Thank you. Hey, I'm Jen Taylor, and you're listening to Design Your Wedding Business. As a wedding business coach, I've made it my mission to help creative entrepreneurs build streamlined workflows, processes, and procedures so they can grow their business and spend time on what they love the most, their craft, their family, and their lives. I understand how you feel, and I know it may not be fun to put in the work to build a well-oiled machine, but luckily for you, that's what I love to do. On this podcast, I'm teaching you how to take the stress and chaos out of your business, remove the guesswork, and discover a clear, profitable path to sustainable growth. Let's get started. Hello, welcome to the Design Your Wedding Business Podcast. I am Jen Taylor, your host. In today's episode, we are talking about cash flow reports, financial strategies, why should you have them, why do you need them in your business, because they're all important, that's why. Michelle Loretta is a strategist for the event industry and creator of Be Sage Consulting, formerly Sage Wedding Pros. She's been educating, coaching, and consulting event professionals since 2009. With a degree in accounting, roots at the big four firm Deloitte, and experience as a stationary entrepreneur, she dissects numbers to help level up businesses' earnings. These days, Michelle primarily provides financial strategy services and fractional CFO consulting to the event business owners. She has been asked to speak at a number of event conferences, including Coterie, London Gather, Wedding Wire World, NACE Experience, and the Special Event. She was named one of the top 1,000 event professionals by BizBash in 2019. Michelle is also the winner of the 2021 Aaliyah Spirit Best Conference Award for the B-Sage Conference. Welcome, Michelle. Michelle, thank you so much for being on. I so appreciate it. We've been in the same circles for a long time, and I'm so excited to have you on the podcast to talk about your favorite topic, which is cash flows. So let's just get right into it. I'm so excited to be here and I can't wait to dig in. What is a cash flow? So there's two pieces of a cash flow plan, or I should say cash flow strategy. There is technically a cash flow report that you can generate on like QuickBooks or accounting software that shows you how cash is running through a business. This isn't typically a report that most business owners, especially small business owners, will generate off of QuickBooks because it's very like accounting financially focused. And it's a little bit more challenging to read than like the profit and loss report, which is the report that I recommend all people in our industry familiarize themselves with. So there's that piece, the analysis piece. What I like to talk about more so is cash flow planning, which is thinking of how money will move through your business in the future, right? So we're in 2023 at the time of this recording, but thinking about like, okay, well, what are my 2024 sales goals? How much money do I think I'm going to spend on business expenses in 2024? And how does that impact my business on a monthly basis? Cash coming in, cash going out. 
And, you know, putting those pieces together, cash coming in and cash going out can give you so much clarity on the strength of your business over time, right? So if we're looking at 2023 over 2024, and if you're thinking, oh, I want to, I want to take on a risk. I want to open up a second office or I want to, you know, bring in some staff people. I'm going to hire a manager. The cash flow plan should allow you to be able to insert those numbers into your plan and to be able to take that risk with clarity and not hold back and say, oh, I'm not sure. I just don't know. It's, I'm scared to kind of spend that money or I'm scared to take that. I'm scared to expand my business because I don't know what's going to happen. Well, if you have numbers in front of you, you're going to have a lot more information to be able to make that decision with, you know, intention and purpose. Awesome. So why should we use, why should the wedding professionals have a cash flow report or strategy? I think there's a lot of questions within that. Why should have one? Because, you know, you know, most of us are very like, oh, it's just, we just are, you know. You're busy with events, right? So you're not always like in the numbers, right? I think people should have one because I do find that business owners hold back on making important decisions for their business because they don't have the foresight to be able to take those risks. And, you know, rather than, you know, holding back on some of these major things, like, like I just mentioned, I'm hiring a manager, you know, thinking about like, oh, I want to introduce a product line into my business or I want to expand services into something else. So what does that look like? Right? Like, how is it going to make you money over time? Is it a safe risk or is it a risky risk? Right. And having those numbers in front of you is going to give you the clarity that you need to make that decision instead of just holding back and not moving and not, you know, being scared of it. Yeah. Yeah. So what does the report look like? If we're just like, okay, I know. And in the show notes will be the one that, that Michelle is, is going to give you. But if you're just like, you know what? I just kind of want to create one on my own. Yeah. So it's really, yeah, it's really easy. Just, but how do you think about it when you, if they open, okay, let's just say they open your report. What is the best way for them to systematically go through that report? So like Jen said, you can download a free template from the the show notes and that's going to help guide you. But you can set this up really simply and it's in a spreadsheet. What you want to be thinking about is in the upcoming month, how much cash do you have coming in as a guarantee? You know, we're in an industry where we have contracts, oftentimes contracts that go out 12 months, 18 months, 24 months. So we have to line up all of those payments from our different contracts that we have for all of our different clients. Let's say you have 10 clients and you have different payment dates and -and so-and-so is going to pay you $5,000 this month. And then John and Sally are paying you $6,000 the following month. Like line up all of those payments in a spreadsheet month by month And you can see exactly what cash you have as a guarantee coming in every single month. So that's the easy part. That's the first piece that you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm getting $20,000 worth of payments in September, but in October, I don't have any payments coming in just yet. Like, how can I change that? Like, maybe I should change my payment plans, right? So that's the first piece. And then you want to add in like additional sales goals, right? Because you're going to be getting deposits over the next few months. You're going to be getting second payments coming in, you know, further out 12 months down the line. So what are those additional sales goals of drops of money that you want to come in every single month? And then you want to take a look at your expenses. What did you spend in the last year? If you use something like QuickBooks, you can generate a profit and loss report. If you don't, you can go back into your 
banking information and grab your banking information and see what did I spend on software subscriptions? What did I spend on office supplies? What did I spend on, you know, rent or assistance or things like that? And determine every single month, this month, I know I'm going to spend on these 10 things and it's going to cost me a total of $17,000 and put those numbers in for this month and do it month by month by month by month. And I recommend making this plan for 12 months out so that you, again, have that clarity to say, hey, 12 months from now, this is going to be what it looks like from a cash situation. This is what my business is going to be sitting on in terms of cash. Yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy to do that. I remember when we did ours <laughs> and I was just like, oh, you know, you got to think about it. And then the goals part of it is, you know, yes. that, you know, one, putting all those in, you see, well, crap, I should probably be changing my, you know, because I, I got paid every month, no matter what. Like I got a payment from each of my clients every month. So yeah. just getting a deposit every, you know, if you're getting your your retainer and then you're getting, you know, two deposits, well, stretch that out. Your clients are going to love that and you're going to love that because you're getting cash coming in yeah. a month instead of like, oh, they paid me in July. Now they're not going to pay me till October. Yes. You know, like, no, you can have that stretch out and be a month. Like if they were working with me for a year, they got their retainer and then the rest of that was spread out, you know, for the month, unless they decided they wanted to do something different. I left it up to them. But if they didn't yeah. think, I'm like, dude, you're paying me every single month until the wedding. Well, and so people don't want to manage like monthly payments either. But like, why does it be two months? Like it could be, it could be three payments, right? And then the middle payment, you decide, right? Like, it can be something arbitrary. It doesn't have to be exactly at the middle point. It can be in the month that you don't have any payments coming in. So like I said earlier, like if you notice October, you don't have any payments, like that's the month that you ask for that middle payment. Use that cash flow plan to identify the payment structure for the upcoming clients who have yet to have a contract with you. Yeah. And then the sales goal part of it is like, what do I need to have coming in to see that? Yes. You know, the that cash flow really does help with that. And then you just, it's really a, you know, the, the spreadsheets. I mean, I probably, I still, I shouldn't say I probably, <laughs> I know I have mine somewhere. And it's it's just a really eye-opening tool to really be thinking about how the cash is coming in. Yeah. And also it can help inform what you need to sell as well. So if you've been working in the industry for a while, you're going to have historical information. You're going to know, last year I sold 20 weddings at $20,000 each, and I made $400,000 in sales. Like you're going to have that that sales history. That's one piece of it. But you also have the cash flow plan. And if you only put in your payments and you put all your expenses and you realize like, wow, to make it to the end of the year, I need to make $100,000 more in order to keep paying my bills. That becomes a decision too, right? And so it's like, okay, $100,000, I've got to do that. That means I need to start booking what, and I need to start selling my ass off. I need to start networking. I need to start going to, you know, organizations and, you know, touching base with some of my vendor contacts. And I just need to be more proactive about seeking business because the cash flow plan is telling me I've got to bring in an additional $100,000 to continue paying my bills before the end of the year. No, it's crazy. It is it is crazy what it tells you. I mean, it's just the numbers will tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so with so you do financial, you know, you help wedding professionals with their financial strategies. What are some of the things that we're the worst at? Like, what are the things that you're like, oh, you're, you know, like 
here's the things, the top three things that we're the worst at. And here's what a strategy will help you with. I think in our industry that the worst thing that they do is overspend. And that's not true, actually. Most people in this industry don't overspend. In fact, they tend to see people like prudent and and I think that's, you know, based on the limitation of, you know, price points and things like that sometimes. What I will say that is the shortcomings is that people don't take the time to get education on their accounting and their finances. Like we talked about at the beginning, everyone's really busy with events. That's usually something that falls to the wayside and the priority is usually put into marketing and sales, which is great. Yes, you have to market and sell your ass off so that you can get money in the door. But without having the entire scope of, you know, financial understanding, you're not really understanding how money is flowing through your business. And that is, to me, the biggest shortcoming. And I'm not talking about people needing to get an accounting degree or anything like that. I'm just talking about like the very basics, accounting 101, how to set up a spreadsheet, how to, you know, think about your sales, how to set up a budget how to track your finances, hopefully using something like a books accounting software or something like that. But just like the very basic educational understanding of how money flows in and out of our business, not enough people have that. I'd say most people don't. <laughs> they don't. They just don't. It's unusual when somebody comes to me and they have an understanding of the business. And honestly, those business owners are usually you know, in the million dollars of sales or more, right? Like the people who have an understanding of their finances, they are bringing in a lot more money. And, you know, what is it? The, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Is it the understanding of the money or the fact that they make the money and they have to understand and they go back and get the education? I'm not sure yet, but there's definitely some statistical information that could probably do on like high earners in our industry having a pretty good understanding of their finances. Well, I mean, especially because a lot of those businesses have staff. And so, yes. That and that's a much more complex business model. So, I would say those are rental companies, floral designers, venues, right? Photographers, planners. I don't see people in the million dollar mark as much, but it's the business model. I don't think that business owner has to be making a million dollars as a planner, photographer, or, you know, designer. Yeah. It's not, you can have a very successful, you know, business bringing in a couple hundred thousand dollars of sales in one of those segments yep. for sure. Yeah. So the advice for us on a financial strategy is really to go, okay, I've got to sit down and figure out and be one with my numbers. I mean, yes. I've done financial, you know, the CFO hat, the financial yeah. strategy around that is really sit down with your numbers, whether it's Mondays, you know, you alliterate it to Mondays because I've got a friend who does that. She does all day Monday. And her thing, mine was always the first of the month because I always got all my payments in on the first. Yeah. And then that week of whatever the first fell on on a Wednesday. So then by that Monday, everything was in. So then I can sit down and go, okay, I need to pay bills. I need to pay my, you know, pay my staff and, and then the rest, you know, and do my reporting. Yeah. Was it. So then yeah. it became one with the numbers. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this big production. It doesn't take that much time. That's the crazy thing is I think that people think that it's going to be a lot more time consuming. I think people also feel overwhelmed with not really knowing what to be looking at. And that's okay. It's okay. Just print out your report and look at it. And I'm when I say report, look at your profit and loss report. Start with that. Just one report, first Monday of every single month. Look to see how you did in the last month. And that's it. 
A profit and loss report just tells you sales minus expenses equals net income, your earnings. And look at those numbers. You're going to, at first, you're going to be like, okay, what is this telling me? I'm not quite sure. I'm not seeing anything. You're not going to be able to identify any patterns because you haven't looked at it long enough. That's okay. It just requires some practice. So after you've done that for about a year, you're going to start seeing patterns. Like it's impossible not to, right? Because you will have now been in that routine of every single month. And honestly, you can look at it for 10 or 15 minutes and it's going to tell you what it needs to tell you. And that's it. And, you know, and I think for me, what one of the best things that I did for my business was creating a sales goal plan. Like yes. I knew coming in, I would create a plan for the year of, okay, this is what I want to come in. This is what I need to come in. Yes. That this is how many people I need to talk to. Because it is, yes. you know, this is a whole a, an old BNI trick is like uh-huh. you need two people, you need to talk to like fifty because it's the rule of half and half and half. You know, this is for visitor day things. You had to invite X amount of people. Half yes. of those are going to say yes, and then half of those people are actually going to show up to the meeting, and then yep. half of those might actually sign up. So. When you look at your like, I need 20 weddings. And clients, yeah, or yeah. Whatever it is. So then just go up from there going, okay, I need to reach, I need to talk to X amount of people because yep. only 10 of those people are going to sign up. Yeah. Yes. So then spread that across, you know, like, you know, at least here in Seattle, in most places, booking season, it's Thanksgiving through Valentine's Day. Yep. The story. Okay, that's when you're going to do the majority of your talking to people. Yes. And then then summer, there'll be some summer engagements. Okay, you're talking to a little bit of people there. And then the cycle just continues. So if you have that cycle, you know what your cycle is for your area, then you're going to be able to take that and go, okay, this is what I need to do to do that. And yeah. then you're reporting on the back, you know, your QuickBook. Those things are going to then start showing that. Yes, yes. It's going to give you information or the data that your plan, that your sales plan is working at the end of the day. That's what, you know, needs to kind of lead up to that. Yeah. But yeah, that you make a good point. I don't think people quantify their sales goals enough either. You know, they may know in the back of their heads, like, oh, I want to do $100,000 or something. But that's just kind of like, oh, that just kind of comes out of like the dreamers and doers kind of the mindset. And it's like, no, 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 no. It's a little bit more elaborate. Like you actually need to sit down and think like, where are these 20 clients coming from? How many people do I need to talk to? Or look back and see, you know, last year I got a couple people from this website ad. I got 10 people from venue referrals. I got five people from, you know, WIPA referrals, right? Like, Okay, so if I did that last year, that means, you know, okay, this is part of my marketing plan. I need to go to WIPA meetings every single month or whatever organization, NACE, ILEA, all of those great organizations. I need to like touch base with my 30 venues that I work at because 10 of those venues sent me business last year. Like, you know, create a, like a very active relationship plan because we don't always have that relationship with the client, right? We're getting business from hopefully word of mouth referrals, especially if you've been in business for a while. Yes. Like I'm, you know, I'm stepping back into that role, like as of a couple months ago. Yeah. And so I have a list. It's a three page list of venues. Worked at venues. I'm now in a different area. So what are those venues? Yeah. You know, then I've got Maui. Okay. Who is still there? Do I need to- <laughs> yeah. 
you know, so there's, you know, and then people reach out to me and I'm like, well, holy cow, people. I I mean, you know, so then you're like, okay, now I've got these other venues that are now reaching out to me saying, come out and visit. So you have to, and I'm looking through my old documents. I was trying to find something today and I'm like, oh, here's our friender list. So you have a friender list. Use that. Use that as a you know, like we're going to, we're talking about cash flow, but at the end of the day, it's all, I always say, I'm like, you know, people think that I just talk about financial strategy, but like a number is a representation of everything else happening in your business. Right. And so like when I'm talking about income, that ladders up to like a sales goal or a marketing plan, or who the hell are you talking to when you go to an industry meeting, like all those things eventually kind of ladder up into the cash flow plan, right? And so like, and even things like expenses, expenses usually pin to something operationally that you're deciding, right? So if you have a line item for staffing or assistance and things like that, well, that number doesn't really mean any. I can say, oh, I'm going to spend, you know, $30,000 on staffing. How? What? Like, what are your events? Like, well, how, who's paying for How much are you paying per hour? What are the events you have? What are those assistants doing? You know, where are you hiring them? Like, those are all HR operational questions, staffing decisions, managerial decisions, right? So, yeah, I can put something on a cash flow plan that's a number and it can seem very arbitrary, but there should be some other decision behind that number that's either marketing, sales, or operational behind it. And so if somebody is working with me with that, then talking about the operations back end of that, that is a topic is there's eight strategic areas. One of them is HR. One of them is financials. There's, you know, your offerings, you know, like those are all part of it. So these are not arbitrary people that I have on to talk. (laughs) These are things that are part of being in business. And I think that's something that as wedding professionals, we come into it not being a business owner. Yes. Now you are. You are now a business owner. To have that different mindset, you have to, you can have the creative mindset, and that's great and lovely. But every once in a while, I always say at least once a week, put on your business owner hat and go, okay, I've got eight strategic areas. One of them's you. So you've got seven. Uh Okay. How you've got seven weeks, and each week you do something part of the business rotates through. So you're not, looking at all eight areas at once focus on one yeah 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 on another one and totally you know so it's really being you know a business owner and this is part of it financials cash flow and all of that is part of it and then creating that strategy yeah beginning of you know whether it's the beginning of the year or the end of the year whatever you do that you sit down and you call Michelle and go, okay, I want a business. <laughs> yeah. So that's, yeah. And it all connects together. Yeah. You make a really good point about like picking one small thing every single week. I think that that is one of the hardest things to kind of learn as a newer business owner is to kind of have patience with that process that it's going to take you two years to just barely dip your toes in each one of those areas. And when I'm saying barely, you may not even get wet in some of the areas. And I would go on to say that it's not really until five years where you kind of see, my observation is five years is when you've kind of rounded out every one of those areas. And not that you're an expert in all of them, because business ownership is always a learning process. 
But at five years, you've at least kind of gotten a feel for each one of those things, which ones you're good at, which ones you need a little bit more work. And so give yourself that, you know, the luxury of that time to explore this. Like Rome wasn't built in a day. That's so cliche, but it's true. It's like we don't have to be an expert in any of these areas, let alone financial, you know, strategy in day one. And lean on us. I mean, lean on Michelle, lean on me, lean Mm -hmm. on everybody who's out there that I've had on this podcast. They've all are people that I've leaned on. And I'm just giving the people that I've leaned on, you know, other people to, you know, and Michelle is is great. So thank you. Okay. So the last question, what is the best piece of mindset advice that you can get? The best piece of mindset advice is, honestly, I always give this advice. And it's funny because we literally just talked about it two seconds ago. Is it like, doesn't need to all happen in one day, you know? Don't get frustrated with all of the stuff you need to learn as a business owner. Be patient with yourself. Try to tackle one thing at a time. Try to prioritize. You know, if you know you need to sell your butt off to kind of get your business off the ground, well, then hot damn, that's the priority for the next year is learning how to market, learning how to sell, learning how to present your products and services, learning how to price yourself. That may take up the majority of your time for the first two years in business and so be it. But, you know, give yourself the patience of time. You will be a business owner for a long time. And if you kind of realize that you're in it for the long haul, then give yourself the gift of patience with yourself. Very good. So where can my listeners find more about you? You can find more about me at bsageconsulting.com. And on Instagram, you can follow me at bsage, B-E-S-A-G-E, always. And yeah, I think that's it. All the links will be on the show notes and we'll add the cash flow worksheet on there as well. And Michelle, thank you for being on. I was so excited that you said yes. Oh, thanks, Jennifer. Yeah, it was great talking with you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Design Your Wedding Business. If you love what you're learning each week, please let me know by leaving a rating and a review. And while you're there, don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss out on any new episodes. As always, you can head over to my website, jentaylorconsulting.com to check out all the links and resources from this episode in the show notes. I'll talk to you all next week. Bye.